The prophet Joel said God would pour out His Spirit in the last days. As a result, many of us are expecting a great end-time revival. However, history has shown that revival often comes through distress. Is it possible that dark days are about to come upon the church? Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast of the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. Now here is your host and Bible teacher, Pastor Gregory Riggin. Thank you, Brother Goff, and thank you to everyone who's listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to all of those who tune in. For the last couple of weeks, I've been producing a very special series here on Face the Truth in which I've been interviewing men who, by God's grace and design, I've been blessed to play a role in their lives, having served as their pastor for at least a brief period of time. For some of them, God used me to win them to the truth. For some, I baptized them and prayed them through. For others, God sent them either prior to their ministry beginning or in the early stages of ministerial involvement. For still others, I brought them here to work with me for a specific purpose. Whatever the case, each of them have been a blessing to me and to the Truth Church. Furthermore, I believe their testimonies will be a blessing to our listeners. I'm calling this series Passing the Torch because it signifies that I've done my best in every situation to pass the torch of truth to every preacher of the gospel with whom I've had the privilege of working. In our last podcast, I began playing an interview I had with Pastor Michael Roach, pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Breckenridge, Texas. Brother Roach served as my assistant for a period of time in the mid-2000s. We concluded that podcast with a discussion of the importance of being in a church where there is a depth in the biblical teaching that is offered. Today, the conversation will begin to take a totally different direction. Here now is the rest of my conversation with Brother Roach. Someone once said, and I remember this, that it's always important for folks to feel welcome at church, but that don't always mean we're going to feel comfortable. Right. And I think that's important that sometimes that word of the Lord that just hits that stone until it breaks, sometimes uh, it's not comfortable for us. But, you know, I don't want to go to a church where it's all about my comfort because sometimes truth is not always the thing that wraps its arms around me and wants to be my friend. Sometimes truth actually knocks me out the first time we <laughs> you meet. <laughs> and then so uh, and today when we go to a doctor or something like that. Uh, auto mechanic when we're talking about our car and the safety on the highway we don't want people playing games with us and i think i really do believe there is a segment of people that they're not hungry for religion they're not hungry for the status quo they really want somebody in love to tell them hey this is the words of life and this is what it's going to take to make yes i preached earlier this year at our church and i really felt um that the Lord gave me this, that there is coming a winter to the church and to America. Yes. One where being a Christian is going to be more than having this little fish on the back of your car. Mm-hmm. Um, politicians right now, a lot of them are Christians because you can get a lot of votes doing that. I'm not saying they're all doing that for votes, but uh, it's popular to do that. It's popular yes. to be a Christian. It's very acceptable. 
there's coming a day in America, and I think sooner than we think, where that is not going to be popular. It's going to be scorned. It's going to be marked, uh, mocked. And even some of the cancel culture we see today, that trail leads to the word. The Dr. Seuss and all these other things, that's and these other things that are happening, that is very, very little. That is not the target. The bullseyes on the word of God and the yes. precepts of God's word. And so when we believe that and stand for that, uh, eventually, that's really going to cost us. It's going to have a cross in our in our Christian experience, as Jesus said in the New Testament. And so I see that coming, and that we have to make up our minds somewhere along the way that, am I really committed to this? And if so, I can't afford to play around with someone that's going to play around with the Word. I right. really need to anchor myself in a church that's Bible, truth-centered, and that is not a shame— uh, loves me and obviously wants me to be welcome, but my comfort is secondary to my soul being saved. Wasn't it Jesus who said, I worry about or be fearful of that one that can destroy the body and the soul in right. hell, not just the one's right. body. And so if you're limping along or your eyes plucked out because it offends you, but you make heaven, we will not regret anything we gave up. To make heaven ever so true, and you mentioned going to a doctor and or going to an auto mechanic. You know, who of us would want to go to a doctor? And if we've got cancer, for that sure. doctor just to say, you know, I love you, um, man. Everything's all right. It's all going to be okay. You know, that'll be fifty dollars. We'll we'll see you in a month, or you know, we'll see you in two years, or whatever. And and never address the problem never try to give you any kind of um, method of dealing with the issues that that you're facing. Uh, none of us want to hear that we've got cancer, but I'm going to tell you, if I've got it, I want somebody to be honest with me and tell me I've got it. Yes. And I want to know what my options are. I want to know how to deal with it. And we've got to be the same way about the Word of God. It, it's never comfortable for a preacher to stand behind a pulpit and say, you know, this is sin. That's right. <laughs> That's, that, that hurts. It's painful for us to hear that. But I would rather somebody tell me that and, and do it, as you said, in love. And boy, that is so critical. You know, one of the things that Elder Davis used to say to us, uh, he, he would say, if I'm going to hell, tell me I'm going to hell, but don't laugh about it. Tell me I'm going with tears in your eyes. Let me know you care enough to help me not go. And, and that has made such an impact on me. I want, to, I want to always reach for people. If they need correction, I want to be there to correct them, but I want to do it in an attitude and spirit of love and let them yes. know I'm not trying to hurt you in this. I want to help you get beyond it. Yeah, so so important. And I've really had to ask the Lord to help me with that, too. And I don't think um, that a human being can, with words, express the depth of God's love, His grace, mm -hmm. His mercy. We, we make our most, uh, I guess, feeble attempts. We try to not... Somebody said this, God chose the foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching. But, right. <laughs> but even with our best attempts, and we try to do that, we can't scratch the surface. And I think you hit that so well with what Elder Davis said. If, if I preach eternity, 
let me also preach God's grace and mercy, that yes. balance there too, where yes. there, everything is undergirded with love. Uh, I'm a little skeptical of some translations, but I love the translation about that scripture. It says, if we don't have that, we become as a sounding brass in a tinkling cymbal is what the King James says. And I think it was the New Living Translation says we become like a sounding gong or one, I think it was a message Bible said, annoying to those who hear us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I think that, um, you know, being in an environment where God can move and, and families and individuals really have to sort that out is, uh, do, do I want to call a place home that caters to my comfort or do I want to really call a place home that focuses on the eternal soul and my being saved and my being equipped in the world I live in. And so uh, I think being in an environment where you can hear the truth uh, in love, God can move and powerfully and not only change you or your life, your family's life, your life, um, the life of those who uh, hear. I think that's so, so important. And I think it's going to become a commodity that the world appreciates as as the temperature drops in the spiritual environment. Wasn't it just recently and um, I believe it was Gallup's first poll in 80 years where church attendance, those who connected to a church, has dropped below 50 percent. Wow. Yeah. For the first time in 80 years that they've been collecting the data. And that tells you something. We are going the way of Europe when it comes to yes. our uh, affections and connections to churches. Uh, one of the highest use of churches no longer uh, used in um, Great Britain or Europe is that they're converting them into mosque and mm. they're they're not going to church to be married they're not going to church to be buried because the church had made itself irrelevant and i think a lot of times we want to turn around and say look at this godless world you know folks right. but it it's not that it's the church because in look at the paganistic society that the new testament ministered in and yet they sure. turned the world upside down it's the church's responsibility it's yes, really it our deal yes so i I'm, I'm glad that that it's an up, a right side up kind of environment and upside down world. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that you just preached about the church is headed for a winter time. When all of the talk first began more than a year ago about COVID, you know, I had people contacting me, members of the church, different ones saying, what is all this? We're hearing about all these lockdowns coming. We're hearing about, you know, is this the great tribulation that's upon us? Is this, what, what is this that's happening? And, and, um, I said, well, you know, let me pray. Let me just pray. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't really believe number one, that it was going to be as bad as, as I was hearing all this talk. I mean, I was one of those doubters, I guess, you know, that just, just didn't think, I mean, we, we had no reference point that we could sure. look at, you know? And, and so I said, let me just pray. And honestly, when I prayed about it, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me and, um, and told me that my eyes really didn't need to be focused on COVID my eyes needed to be focused on what was coming after COVID, that after this, there's something coming that is much, much bigger and much 
much worse. And I didn't feel like it was in terms of another pandemic or disease, but I felt like it was a spiritual darkness that it would follow this pandemic. And I'm seeing, just like you said, with the Gallup research and the way that I've watched good people completely dissociate themselves from churches during this mm-hmm. time, come to the point they feel like they don't need the church now. And 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 I'm seeing this darkness start to settle in, and I'm convinced that there is a real wintertime coming for the church and, and even beyond that. In fact, I preached a message. Uh, it's been a little while back now, but, you know, the Apostle Paul almost seems to contradict himself in Galatians where in one verse he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then he says, let every man bear his own burden. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems contradictory, you know, yes. <laughs> but but when you start reading the chapter, you, you see that he is dealing with a time that's coming and he's saying to us right now, while you have occasion, help your brothers. Do what you can do, strengthen one another, but the day's coming when they're going to have to learn to stand on their own two feet. And when that time comes, they're going to have to know how to bear their own burden. We're not always going to be able to carry everyone else. And I believe that time is coming. I believe that time is nigh at hand when we're going to have to settle some things in our hearts and our minds. And like you said, it's not going to be the popular thing to be a Christian in America. That that day, I believe, is closer than some of us even realize. Yeah, that's such a good perspective about um, the rapid acceleration of the disinterest in church, if you will, and, and these stay-at-home kind of uh, orders and other things that people got comfortable with being online. And it presented a challenge for the church, I think, because like you, I don't think COVID was the thing. We know it was a real virus that right. is very devastating to And we lost a lot of good people here in our yes. community Yes, that there are people who had health conditions that made them vulnerable right. to being the COVID virus being fatal to them. So you had that. If you violate the laws of divine health, that's going to catch up with you. Sure, sure. So there's there's those things, and then there are people who really died from COVID, not with that and other complications. And yes. so, uh, more so than the flu. Initially, it was hey the flu, and what was disappointing to me about the process was how many uh, people f- that place a high value on truth believe shared commented on stuff that was absolutely false on his face. <laughs> and it's like the uh, a small amount of investigation would show you that it was not total nonsense. And like you, I don't, I didn't think COVID was it. We were seeing the real world consequences of it locally, but I did see what I feared to be a framework yes. that certainly could be used in the future. Yes. And I try not to, give governmental conspiracies a lot of of weight however if you just look at the responses from different states and just how they treated in fact churches versus casinos or things like that you will see 
that there was an absolute attempt, direct attempt that was not cloak and dagger. It was just in your face where, uh, hey, we're going to let these people operate, but churches, you can't. Now, some governors didn't try to do that. The governor in Texas actually declared churches essential from day one and never required them to shut down. A lot of them did, which is I really think this should be the government's response. You educate and then really allow individuals to make choices for themselves, especially like churches. Uh, and a lot of folks, with, given that cho- choice, a lot of them did close down. I yes. mean, they they went to online and tried to navigate that and res- be responsible. And I think that's really the way that the church could help and not be part of the problem, especially when you have a large numbers. And I'm not uh, ha- don't have an issue with people who took a different path because of their convictions. That's between them and God and their own sure. conscience. But at the same time, I didn't see that. Uh, the COVID protocols necessarily being evil, demonic, no. um, or being some kind of conspiracy to control churches. However, uh, when you're talking about vaccine passports um, and a lot of these other things that were, and even the, the cancel culture, you bolt that on to some of the other things, the absolute uh, willingness of church, the loyalty, if you will, of churchgoers just to toss that aside and not pick it up uh, when it comes time. I wonder, uh, Elder, how far the church in America was set back in the last 12, mm-hmm. you know, 14 months. Right. Uh, COVID did, staying at home did, uh, you, you, what to the church, uh, it, it was a mass backsliding really yes. is what happened. Yes. You and I, uh, you've passed a lot longer than me. We're working on year number 12, but you can see that inconsistency in folks always leads to not a deeper relationship with God. It always leads to damage. And most of the time to losing a relationship with God altogether, become very cold. And so when you have that and it's because of the, um, the environment and the virus that was going around, uh, you try to be uh, cautious with people don't want to be unwise, but at the same time, you're seeing folks drift and it is very disheartening and you have to have it made up in your mind uh, that you want to serve the Lord and, and live for him. And that's, I think connecting folks to relationship and, and making sure that they value that at some point the, the, the pastor or the preacher is not going to be the one that determines your success in that. And sometimes I think we take a lot of weight on, and I used to be really pull at during the close of a service at altar call to say, Hey, come on, uh, respond, respond. And I really felt checked in the Holy ghost one night for, I was trying to be their, their conscience and their conviction Mm -hmm. because that is something that they did not possess themselves. Wow. And I, and if God and the word of God cannot draw a person, who am I as a mere sure. person? And, right. and I, um, I, I was trying to remember the service, but you talked about repentance being a place like who was it? Uh, Caner, uh, I'm sorry. Esau. Esau, yeah, he he wept bitterly, yes, and he could not find a place. So, this idea that we're just going to go repent and change our life anytime we get good and ready is just not 
I don't think, is a biblical principle. No man can come to God unless his spirit draws him, the right. Bible says. And God has to, in your dead and trespasses of sin, he has to convict you for you to even respond. And I'm not so uh, hung up on predestination. I think he does the whole work. But those moments where the spirit of God moves and when God gives you a space or a place to repent and you take advantage of that, I think that's so important. We have to really grow up in, as people, as individuals, and uh, get off the, the milk and really desire the meat of the Word of God. So, And I know, hey, I've, I've partaken of some great stakes of preaching while I was there. <laughs> well, it probably had, probably had uh, some baloney, too, while you were there. <laughs> but, you know... Th- those guest preachers, what can you do? You can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about the guest preachers. <laughs> uh, oh, my. I, I want to say real quick, too, if, if you don't mind. And I know we've gone Go an hour and something. I don't even know how long this is. But uh, one thing I really loved about uh, getting to know you guys, too, is, and I mentioned this earlier, but your family. And uh, being a PK myself, I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for a uh, preacher's kids, because I think sometimes um, I realize we're human and there's a lot of really loving, kind uh, people. And I certainly don't have a broad brush. I'm trying to paint everybody with that's not accurate. And people in our church love our kids and are very kind, but also it is a, it is the case and it is the truth that sometimes individuals um, sadly choose to affect the ministry and because they don't want to square off with an adult, sometimes um, they do that to children or uh, hurt the family in a way that uh, it affects the kids in particular. And I just got to say that with, with your uh, daughters, all three of them are sweet, precious girls. And um, it was, it was, we really felt like, um, we became family in our time there, and so we really enjoyed that. And a lot of the folks there in the church, very loving folks, and just felt like we have lifelong connections there and friendships there and still consider them an extension of our family, even though it's a rare occasion when we all, our busy lives, get to talk. <laughs> I know, I know. We we, we got to fix that. We got to get you back up here sometime and, and uh, have you preach and get to know your boys. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Likewise, about to arrange a Texas trip for y'all sides. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, brother, look, I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would, I would keep talking, and I'd make this a several week series, <laughs> except that we do have prayer starting here in about twenty minutes, and it uh, takes me about fifteen here. to get there. So, <laughs> okay. so, uh, so I got to hurry along. But Absolutely. I have really, really appreciated the time, and I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. Likewise, it's been very great to talk to you and catch up, and it feels like old times. Yes, sir. We got to do it more often. Yeah, I feel like we're back in the office and that door's open between our two offices. I know. I I loved those times. I don't know about you, but I really did. Yeah, good times. There was a lot of, there was good times. There was just good discussions that went on. Sometimes just a lot of laughter. (laughs) And and look, there's times in a preacher's life, that's that's my only hope. I just, I need to laugh a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, we love you guys. It's great chatting with you and we'll, we'll see you soon. All right, brother. We love you all, too. Love you, too. Thank you so much. God bless.
And there you have it. I would love to hear from you as to whether you're enjoying these interviews. Send your thoughts and suggestions to info at olathatruth.com. Also, if you have questions about any Bible subject, please feel free to contact me. I would count it an honor to address your questions from the pages of Scripture. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to listen today. If you live in Olathe or the Kansas City area and are interested in a free in-home Bible study, we would be honored to take you through the Word of God in the privacy of your home or through some form of electronic media. These Bible studies only take one hour and, depending on the subject matter, range from one to twelve lessons. Again, the email address is info at olathatruth.com. Please let us know how we can help you. We want you to know that you are important to us and that we are praying for you, our listeners, on a regular basis. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, and thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week, Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website olathetruth.com slash live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.